Well, we're finally back. Huh? Finally. <laughs> How did you get on um, having to get up earlier today? It was hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. My alarm didn't go off for some reason, and then Robin came rushing in after, are you going to get up? So it was a bit of a rush for us to get here, and then, then we finally get here, and we couldn't get anything to work this morning, and... Uh, I thought we might have a few little teething problems. I didn't quite expect them to be what they were. So it was a little bit of a stressful morning, so I'm just trying to calm down. But uh, No, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Of course not. We don't stress about anything. <laughs> Who doesn't ever stress? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll pray, you, pray for you for lying afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is great to be back. It really is. It really is. I, I don't know. I've got all of these mixed emotions going on in me at the moment. It's, uh, but it really is good to be here. Can you hear me okay? Okay. All right. Well, let's see how far we get today. Um, I want to continue. We've been, for those of you who've been jumping on the Zoom meetings, we have been talking just this last couple of weeks about um, the joy of the Lord, really, just allowing that to actually, the, the reality of that scripture in Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is our strength, allowing that to become reality to us. Um, because I tell you, we live in, in such a depraved, broken world, you, you need some supernatural joy in your life. Every single one of us does. That doesn't mean we walk around with a silly smile on our face and we're laughing all the time and, you know, um, that's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about this, this deep sense of security that brings such a peace to your life that, that, that there are times where it just overflows with, such, with, with joy, re, real joy. Um, you know, sometimes I just find myself, I, I, I don't, always express myself outwardly all that much and you know, I tend to kind of hold things in a bit but there are times sometimes when I'm out just walking and I'm praying and just worshipping God and I'm overwhelmed with his joy and I can't I'm glad I'm actually out in the bush by myself because people would think I'm absolutely stupid because sometimes you just I just start laughing I can't help it but that's not the way that many people live you know and even Christians even Christians, I find, we, we still can have a distorted view of God. Now, if this works, might see, that's the way that many people see God. And that really saddens me, that they see him as this, this harsh, vengeful kind of God, and it's a distortion of who he really is. And that's not the God that I see. And yet when I talk to some people, that's, that's what's in their mind. Or that's what they think their experience has been of God because of heavy-handed religious junk that's been put on them. And so that gives them this idea that God is like that. That's not what God's like. If we have a, if we have a distorted view of God, you will have a distorted view of the gospel and you'll have a distorted view of yourself. You, you, it will mess up how you see yourself. Um, 
In the book of Revelation, John sees, he has this vision, he has sees Jesus and, and, uh, and he falls down in awe. You know, in, in Revelation chapter 4, we see this picture of, of the throne room and around the throne room are all these creatures. And some of them have eyes all over themselves and they're flying around and it says, it says they never stop saying, holy, 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 glory, 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 worthy, worthy, worthy. Now imagine, they've got eyes, so everywhere they turn, they're seeing something of God. And their response is one of worship. It's not one of fear. It's not one of, oh no, I don't know if we can get close to God. It's always one of worship. It's always one of praise, because they're seeing the goodness of God. And when you start to see the goodness of God, guess what that does within you? You start to get a bit happier about life. You start to get happy about God. You start to get happy about yourself. In, in when I was a teenager, I grew up... Um, I, I, one of the movies that really impacted me in terms of how I saw God was a, was a movie called The Gospel Road. I don't know if any of you ever saw that movie. It's an old, old, old movie. But it had a picture like this. If I can get this. Oh, there we go. And that's almost exactly the way that Jesus was portrayed. Happy. And that, and that, prior to that movie, I had this kind of dread of God. I was fearful of him. And then when I saw, the, saw this movie, I saw the way that Jesus was depicted. Because everything else I'd seen in movies before was this dour, somber Jesus that walked around with this religious kind of thing, you know, always speaking in low tones and... You know, you've seen all of those movies. But this was different because this had Jesus dancing and playing with kids and, and just having fun. You know, when he sends the, 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 the disciples out in the boat and says, cast your net on the other side, they come back with this fish. There's, there's this massive party and a barbecue on the beach and he's dancing and twirling with them. And then I see there's another scene where he's got all the kids around him and he's just having fun. And that changed my perspective of God. And that's, that's the way that God wants us to see him. He's happy. Folk, can you imagine what it would be like if God wasn't happy? <laughs> but he is, so, he is so full of life and joy. Man, he's not mean. He's not depressed. He's not a sulking God. He's happy God. He says in Jeremiah 32, I will never stop doing you good. That's God's promise to you and I. I will never stop doing good to you. I will rejoice in doing you good. And we're meant to live with the reality of heaven's joy in our life every day because we all need it. Because this world will crush you without it. A few years ago, um, and I think I've told this story before, but this is a true thing that happened. Um, uh, uh, maybe two years ago, two years ago, two and a half years ago, I was sitting in my office desk and I was just um, filing some old sermons that I'd preached. You know, every Sunday when I take my notes home, they just go on a shelf and they end up building up to this big pile and I've got to end up filing them, you know. So I was sitting there going through these notes and I came across one that I'd preached just a little while before and I was talking about the goodness of God and his desire for for your health, to prosper you in every way, including physical health. 
And as I was going through them, I just picked it up and I, and I pointed out my window. I just felt prompted by the Holy Spirit. And I just declared a prayer over everyone who was sick. I said, everyone who has heard this message and everyone who will hear it on, the, on our website or whatever, in the name of Jesus, let them be healed right now. And then I just didn't think any more about it. I put it away and went on with my work. That was late on an afternoon. I think it was on a Wednesday afternoon. The next morning, the next morning, I get a phone call from some friends in Adelaide. And, uh, and, and she says, I had this dream about you. And you were sitting at your desk and you suddenly prayed and made a declaration over people to be healed. And I want to let you know that in that dream, uh, before uh, I've been sick for the last week, with a serious thing. I've had pneumonia. And she was really battling, uh, especially at night time, to sleep. And I had this dream about you doing this, and I woke up the next morning completely healed, and I have to let you know. Folks, I want to tell you, that was a happy day. You know, she was happy. She was completely, com totally healed in a dream. But she woke up completely healed. And when she told me, whoa, you know, those kinds of things, they just lift you. You know, the joy of the Lord is real. And it wasn't just a natural joy of, oh, gee, thanks God, that was wonderful. No, there was something else that actually happened within me. Folk, when we open ourselves to heaven's reality, when, when, we, when we just get a taste of heaven's glory realms, amazing things can happen. And it releases something in you. Paul writes in Romans 14, verse 17, we've looked at this verse uh, several times in the last couple of weeks, for the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of food and drink. It's not a matter of obeying some uh, religious ceremony or anything like that. It says, it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you don't know you're right with God, you won't have peace. And if you don't have peace, you won't have joy. And it's in the Holy Spirit. It's the reality of the Holy Spirit in us. You know, I find that people who deny the reality of the Holy Spirit, they're never happy. They're never happy. They're not at peace. They don't understand that they're right with God. And they live pretty grumpy kind of lives. And that's a sad, sad thing. But when you know you're right with God, you have a peace with God, you understand, you know, you can be at peace with the world even though it's in a mess because you've got peace with God. And that overflows with this joy. Now, as I said, it's not you walking around with a silly smile on your face, you know. We went through all of that in the 70s, I remember. It just, ah, oh, it was kind of crazy. People were just acting like nutcases and it's like, you're a Christian? I don't want anything to do with you. Because they were just weird, you know. How are you? Oh, praise the Lord, brother. You know. You know, and you've just smashed your car and the washing machine's blown up and the fridge is blown up and you're screaming at your wife and kids. Well, oh, praise the Lord, brother. I'm the head, not the tail. You idiot. <laughs> God wants us to be real. But I want to tell you, folks, his joy is real. Amen. Look at this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I've told you this. He's, he's talking about living in him and the reality of him in your life. He says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. 
complete. The word, the word we have for salvation is the word sozo, the Greek word sozo, and it actually means to be complete. Nothing broken, nothing missing, everything made whole. And that's what it is to have Christ in our life. Folk, we're all believers in this place. That means if we truly believe, we believe the Holy Spirit is in us. Amen? Amen. That means you've already been made complete. And Jesus says that completeness includes his joy. And Jesus is not grumpy. Jesus is happy. Amen? He, he, in, in the next chapter, he talks about his departure. He says, I'm going to leave you guys, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. Right? Um, and then he says this. He says, now is the time of your grief. He was talking about when he was going to die and the disciples are going to get you know, upset, and, and, which is understandable. But he says, I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. You will receive and your joy will be complete. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to live every day of my life with complete joy. I don't want just a little bit of joy. I don't want a small measure of joy. I want complete joy. In John 17, Jesus prays to the Father. And how many of you know that there's never been a prayer that Jesus has prayed that hasn't been fulfilled? Because he doesn't pray like you and I do sometimes. We, we pray with a bit of doubt sometimes. You know, we're not quite sure. We hope, but we don't, we don't have that perfect faith operating like Jesus has. We've been given perfect faith, but we don't always operate in it. And so every prayer Jesus prayed, always fulfilled. And he prays this. He says, I'm coming to you now. He's, talking, he's speaking to the Father. But I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. Now, if Jesus prayed that and his prayers are always fulfilled, what, what does that mean for you and I? One, it means that we can live with complete, full joy. The world can only give superficial temporary joy. But the joy that Jesus gives, the joy that he releases in us, is something that can remain forever. So the obvious question for all of us is, okay, how many of us are living in that? <laughs> and I wish I could say, yeah, absolutely me, 100%. But, but reality is that none of us do. Certainly not to the extent that we have opportunity to. Jesus, um, or the writer of the Hebrews says in Hebrews 12, and we've read this the last couple of weeks as well, um, it says, Jesus, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross. How many of you know that the cross wasn't a joy? The, but what the cross was going to achieve, but more importantly, who it was going to achieve it for, that was the joy. So what's the joy that the writer's talking about here? You. You. 
You are the joy that was set before Jesus. Do you know that you make God happy? Well, we got not sure about that. We get a half a little nod in by a couple of people, but the rest of us are sitting there, really? You, you, know, you know, folk, there are just... I'm not going to finish this today anyway. But <laughs> there, are, there are incredible little truth gems. I like to actually call them truth bombs because when you get them, they explode in your life. And there's a few little ones that if we could really get true revelation of what that really means, it would radically, radically change our life. When Paul writes and he says, says the, the wonder of the gospel is this, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in me. Every one of us in this room, as I said before, if we're believers, we do believe we have the Holy Spirit in us. And, and so we've, we've kind of got that and that sits there. It gives us a measure of security. But do we really understand Christ is in us? Think about it in these terms. Let there be light. A spoken word and the universe comes into being. Think, I mean, I mean, that's beyond what we can imagine. But that's what God does. Let there be light. And that same God is in you. See what I mean? If we can just get revelation of some of these incredible truths, incredibly profound truths, how that would radically change our life. So Paul says, no, Christ in us, the hope of glory. So that's a truth bomb that if we get it, radically changes our life. But the fact that God rejoices and is full of joy over you, that's another one. And that's one that we struggle with because we know what we're like and we know some of the things that we say and we know some of the attitudes that we have, you know, and we think, well, there's no way that God's happy with me. Now, now look, don't confuse sometimes what we do and action with how God then sees you. That's... That's how we react, isn't it? Someone does something wrong or something wrong against us, we get offended and so we judge them and then we have a particular opinion about them that certainly doesn't engender joy within us, right? So that's the way we do things from a human perspective. We measure people like that. God doesn't do that with you. He just doesn't do that with you. Even when you mess up, guess what? He's still happy about you. We struggle to grab that truth. But if we could get that truth 
Man, again, that's another one that would just totally, radically change our life. Does that then give us an excuse to do whatever? No, of course not. Because we, we want to live to please him. We do want to live in such a way that God, that, that God is pleased not just with who we are because we are his children, but, be, but in what we do as well. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not religious bondage. That's not legalism. That's just living because I want to I please him. If you're married, you, you do. Uh, uh, well... <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> moving on. No, but that's, that's the truth. You, you, don't, you don't deliberately go out there to try and antagonize your spouse. If you do, you're stupid. You need some counseling. You know, we, marry, we, we get married because we love one another and we want to care for one another. And, and, we, and, we, and, that, and that can kind of wane a little bit for, for certain reasons, but we need to revive that. That's why you continually need to be working on your marriage. You don't just get married and that's okay, we're married now and that's it. That's a, that's a recipe for disaster. No, you, got, you do have to work on your marriage continually. But, but, you, but you live in such a way, you want to care for that person because you want, you, you want to make them happy. That's not religious bondage. That's not legalism. You don't do that because you've got a piece of paper that you've signed. You do that because there's something in your heart that wants to actually bring pleasure to that person. It's exactly the same. We want to bring pleasure to God. That's not religious legalism. That's living free. That's living free. You know, one of the greatest acts of freedom for you to live in is to stop living a selfish life. And we are conditioned and, and prone to that. To live just for ourselves. You know? We do. And Aussies, we're good at it. Huh? Well, Australia's... Uh, okay. Let's just put all this away. Let's not worry about that. We'll just make a couple comments and then we're just going to close. All right. We'll leave this for later. Aussies are amazing because we, we do everything to the best of our ability, good and bad. So if we're going to be bad, let's just, let's just get on with it and let's just be really bad. Let's just, you know, it is like that. I remember, oh, my kids are here, so maybe I shouldn't say that. Block your ears, Luke. Never do this. I've never, ever done this for years and ever. I mean, can't even remember the last time. But it was like when you're growing up, you know, if you're going to go out and have a drink, you don't just go out and have a drink. <laughs> maybe, maybe you did. Oh, you. But, I mean, if we were going to go out as lads, then you make the most of it. You know, and you, yeah, you suffer the consequences of it afterwards. I haven't done that in, I don't, as I say, I don't even remember when the last time was. But that's the way we used to do things. And I don't know how you grew up, I don't know, but, but that's what we do as Aussies. If you're going to do something, then you just go for it and you do it, you know. And so we've got a bad side as Australians. But do you know that... that, that Australia ranks at number one or two in terms of 
being the most generous people on the planet? That when there is a real need somewhere, we dive into our pocket? You know, and, and so we've, you, you've got this, it's like two sides of the coin, and it's like Jekyll and Hyde sometimes with us. We're generous when we, when we need to be on certain things, and then at other times we hoard money out of fear that we don't have enough. It's this weird thing. What is all of that? Why does all of that happen? It's the conditioning of this world. And much of it comes out of a misunderstanding and a distorted picture of who God is because we think God is stingy and we think God is harsh and we think God is mean. And when we have a distorted view of God, it affects the way that we live. It's true. And, and, and that's why the gospel of grace is such an important thing because the more that we can understand God's goodness and his love towards us, which is totally unconditional, it is not based on our performance, it is based on what Jesus has done for us. And now we are sons and daughters of the living God who wants to shower out and pour out blessing upon us continually. I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel, but I do believe God wants to bless us. But that's much more than just a few dollars in your bank account. The real blessing is that security for eternity. The real blessing is actually walking with a supernatural authority in your life so that when stuff goes on behind the scenes that actually comes from a spiritual uh, source that most people don't realize, you can stand with an authority and actually deal with that. See, folk, I tell you, that's a blessing that's more than just a few extra bucks in my bank account because that will change the atmosphere in my home. And that's more important than just having a few bucks in the, in the bank. Amen? And I think it's a sad thing when, when, when the wonder of the gospel and the wonder of who God is gets reduced to money. What a sad, sad thing. You know, so you got on one side, Aussies can be really generous, and yet you watch the way that they will vote every time an election comes up. What is the, what is the driving force in their vote? How's this going to affect my pocket? Isn't it, isn't it weird? We are, we are a weird, mis, mixed up bunch of people, I tell you. You know what the joy of God does? It, 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 it isn't you just laughing. Do you know, I believe this, that the joy of God, when it comes and fills you, it actually brings divine wisdom with it into your life. So you can start to actually make some decisions that, that, that are profitable for you, that are wise. And that's the way that Jesus lived. He lived full of joy, and, he, and everything he did was with the wisdom of heaven and the direction of, it, of heaven. I only do what I see my father do. I only do what I hear him telling me to do. That's, that's divine wisdom. Folks, that's not this dour, religious, mm, mm. that's the picture of Jesus laughing and spinning and twirling and dancing over us because we are his joy. Amen? All right. I'm going to stop. How's that? That's the shortest preach I think I've ever done. And I didn't even get to page uh, a half 
on my... I'm still, I'm still halfway through page one, but that's what happens. We don't need to do any... We don't need, you don't need to hear me anymore. That was enough. Just take those two little truth bombs, folk. Let, let those actually percolate in your spirit this week. The joy, the wonder of the gospel is Christ in you, the hope of glory, the hope of glory, and you are the joy of God. You are the joy of Jesus. If you can see yourself like that every day, this week, Jesus is in me, let there be light. What does that mean? Wherever you walk this week, you can make a declaration, let there be light because the light giver's in me. And wherever I go, his light's going to come out of me. Amen? Amen. And that whatever you put your hand to, bring him joy. Think about what you do. Think about what you do this week. Man, I want to do everything I can, Lord, to bring pleasure to you. Not to earn your favor. Not to earn anything. Just because I want to, I, I want to delight. I want to see you dancing over me, not over just who I am, but through what I do. Amen? That's the way Paul lived. That's why he could have joy in the midst of a prison. In the midst of a prison, chained to a Roman guard, joy overflowing through his life. And that's the way I want to live every day of my life. Amen? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the wonder of it. We thank you that we've been able to get back together here today. We thank you, Lord, Lord, our prayer, every one of us, is that your joy would just overflow in our life every single day. Father, that we would live with that deep sense of heaven's peace and of heaven's atmosphere and of heaven's joy flowing into and through our lives to others. We want to be a blessing. Lord, we want to, we've, got, we've got seven days ahead of us. We want to be a blessing every day to someone else. We want, it, we want them to see something of heaven's atmosphere and heaven's joy flowing through our lives. And so, Father, we thank you that you live within us. You abide in us and we want to live. We want to abide in you every single day. Father, we pray for Margie and the family. We pray for um, Lorraine and the family as both have suffered loss during this week of family members. Margie and mum, Lorraine, her brother. Father, we do pray your peace, heaven's peace upon the family, Father. We pray that the, that the comforter, the Holy Spirit, would just come and wrap his arms around family members. Father, we thank you that we can rejoice as the angels rejoice and celebrate today the, 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 the addition to heaven of those members, of those family members. We thank you, Father, that they are enjoying absolute ultimate peace. They are enjoying your presence right now. And we thank you for that, Lord Jesus, but we are also aware of the, of the humanness of our own natures and, 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 the, and the reality that we do go through some emotional pain through this. And so we, we, need, we need your peace. We need your help. And so, Father, we just pray that that would just lay, down, lay as a blanket over these families in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.